Thank you for being here today. And thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Um, as we come to this time of offering, uh, outside on these two walls, there's a silver box that says offering on it. You can place an offering there. You could also go to our website, uh, AnastasiaChurch.org, or you can text go to give to 77411. And we just want to thank you so much for your faithfulness. Let's pray. Father God, we just we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to come and serve you, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to worship. Father, we, we thank you for the many volunteers that we have. We have a volunteer worship leader this morning, Father. We have volunteers doing many, many things on the campus, Father. We have VBS volunteers. We have deacons. And just those who give their time and their talents are just so valuable to us, Father. As we also come in, into this time to give our offering, Father. We just want to praise you, Father. We want to, want to make this offering as valuable as it can be, Father. We just ask for your direction and guidance on how we use your funds, Father. Father, we just ask that you would bless those who give and you would bless the, the, the church that we're given to, Father. And we just ask that you would bless us as we go through this day. In the mighty name of Jesus.
Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Welcome to the first Sunday since Easter, first Sunday morning. It has not rained. Praise God. (laughs) It's good to see all of you guys here at church today. And uh, we're continuing our series through Revelation. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 5, and I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 5. Do you remember where we left off? In Revelation chapter 4, and this amazing worship service is going on in heaven. And you had the four creatures, the heavenly beings around the throne, and then the 24 elders. They represent redeemed humanity, however you may interpret that. They, they represent people who are saved. And uh, they're also around the throne. And the, the heavenly beings, they're singing one song. They're singing the song of heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they're singing about God. And then we have another song that the redeemed are singing. They're actually singing to God. And they're singing, Thou art worthy. you got these two songs going on at the same time, just thundering through heaven. Just an amazing thing. If you thought it was, it was kind of weird having two songs going on at one time, you may not like heaven. Okay? Because <laughs> that's what was happening there. But now... When we come to Revelation chapter 5, there's a dramatic turn. There's a radical shift. And the focus of worship is going to change in an amazing way. And uh, just for the sake of time, I'm going to take this piece by piece rather than reading the whole scripture at one time. But we're going to start with Revelation 5 verse 1. And look at that passage there. Then John, he's he's seeing this amazing worship service in heaven. Then he said, then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back and sealed with seven seals. So there's this scroll in heaven. And you know what this scroll is? This scroll is the revelation of God. This is how God is going to unroll history, how he's going to unwrap history all the way to the end. And do you know where that scroll ends? heaven. It's going to open up and you're going to see heaven, new heaven, new earth, and everything is going to be reconciled to the father and we're going to be with him and he's going to be with us. That's what that scroll is opening up to. Now there's some bad parts in the middle. Okay. There are going to be some hard parts, but, but you know what? That, that ends with, with us in heaven with God. And, And this is not just the revelation of God. This is the will of God. The legal will of God. You know, this is, this is put forward as though it were a legal document. You know, in Roman days, there are several ways that you could write a will and validate a will. One of those was to know somebody who could publish things, had the authority to publish things. And if you had your will published, it became valid. Another way to make your will valid was, was if it were a very significant day, supposing you were a soldier and you're going into battle, that's a significant day. You can write your will on that day and it would be considered valued and valid. And then another way, most common way, was that you would get seven witnesses and they would witness your will and they would seal it with their seal. And so this is a picture of a Roman will. And so this represents the sovereign will of God. This is the real McCoy, okay? This is the legal witnessed will of God. And it's not just God's revelation. It's God's will and it's in his hands. Now we're going to find out in the next few weeks that this is an unusual scroll. Because every time, every time a seal is broken, some of the revelation leaks out with every single seal that's opened. And that's how it is with our lives. 
every, every little bit of surrender to the Lord, we see a little bit more about his will for our lives. Isn't that how it is? When you surrender to the Lord, a part of your life, that he reveals something new that you can follow. And this is what's happened. See, this is the will of God. And so I want you to know what is written in this will. Not only does it end in heaven, but you are written in this scroll. I don't want you to think about this scroll as something that's academic. I don't want you to think about this as an end time study. We're going to talk about the four primary ways of people viewing the end times. That's not what this is about. Okay, we're talking about the word of God. And this is the will of God. And do you realize God did not write his will and leave you out? Amen. Yeah, amen. You are in God's will. And you know where it ends? Heaven. God's will is for you to be with him in heaven, right? God's will is for me to be with him in heaven. And you are written into the will of God. Praise God for that. That's my first point. God's will you write this down. God's will is for me to be with him in heaven. A lot of details there. It says it's written within and on the back. If you look at Ezekiel chapter 2, that's another passage where, where this scroll of God is revealed. In Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 9, Ezekiel says, When I looked, behold, a hand was stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll, a scroll of a book was in it, and he spread it before me, and it had writing on the front and on the back. And there were written on it, Words of lamentation and mourning and woe. Because you realize even if we live our lives in the will of God, sometimes we deal with mourning and lamentation and woe. Life is hard. But in order for restoration to occur, in order for the good times to happen in heaven, when all that stuff is, is restored, there may be some bad times that you go through. But God's will leads you to heaven. You and I are written into God's will. And you're written into it personally. I'm, I'm looking at Psalm 139, that very famous psalm. Psalm 139, uh, where, where the psalmist writes, My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. My days of my life are written in the will of God. God has a will. He has a will and you're included in that will. You're included to be a part of the will of God, okay? And so this is what John saw. And this is personal for us. We're all written into it. And then he says in verse 2, And I saw a mighty angel. Who is that mighty angel? Well, you know, Gabriel at times is called a mighty angel. Maybe it's Gabriel. But I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who? Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? Who's, who is worthy to open up God's will for your life? Have you ever wondered why God the Father just doesn't open that scroll himself? I mean, he wrote, why didn't he just open up the scroll? Okay. I mean, it's his scroll, right? Couldn't he just open that up? Well, God is holy and God is just. Okay, he's holy. And for order, in order for that will that ends up in heaven to be opened up, he demands a mediator. He demands a mediator that is worthy. Who is worthy 
to open that scroll? Who is worthy to be that mediator because of our sin and the consequences of sin under which all of creation has been groaning for centuries and centuries of accumulated sin? Because of that, we're separated from God. And God can certainly unfold his will, but it won't include me in heaven unless there's a worthy mediator, right? So who's able to perform that act of bringing history to its conclusion in victory according to God's will. And so they're asking the question and John looked around and the reality is there in verse three and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth. Isn't that an interesting phrase? Three part division of heaven. No one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. That, that's a way of saying all creation, everything that is created we see this several times in the Bible. First time, one of the first times at least, is in Exodus chapter 20, verse 4, the second commandment. The second commandment says, You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath it or in the waters below. And what it's saying is there's nothing in all creation that is worthy of being worshipped other than God Almighty. Also saying here in Revelation, there's no one worthy to open up God's will that's created. Okay, we don't worship creation. We worship the creator. We can't understand fully God's will just from creation. We need a creator. And the creator demands a holy mediator. And without this holy mediator, all is lost. And that's why it says in verse four, and I began to weep loudly. I began to weep loudly. He was wailing there because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. No one could understand God's will. No one could understand the victory of heaven. No one could see that coming. No one can see that realized. Nothing in creation can make that happen because without a worthy mediator, who can embrace God's holiness and our sinfulness? Without that, God's will will not be known or accomplished and heaven stays out of reach. That's why he's crying. And the truth is this. In my strength alone, I cannot save myself. And I cannot know God's will. There's a lot of weeping going on in our world. There's a lot of angst. And there are a lot of people trying to fix the world. Trying to fix the world with other ways other than Jesus. And you know what? All of them are doomed to fail. You know why? Because we're not the Messiah. We can have a Messiah complex, but we can't be the Messiah. Okay. We think we can fix the world, but we can't. In my strength alone, I cannot save the world. I cannot fix Washington. I cannot stop a pandemic. I cannot know God's will. And I cannot even save myself. That's why he's weeping. No one created on earth, in heaven or on earth or under the earth, is able to accomplish these things. So John's crying out. And, and we have a population that's crying out because they don't understand how these problems are going to be solved. How can we get to heaven where everything is reconciled? Who is going to be that worthy mediator that can open it up? Because we don't see anybody that can be our savior. Verse five. 
And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has conquered. And this means he has conquered. It is finished. He has conquered so that he can open the scroll and it's seven seals. The lion of the tribe of Judah. It's a reference to Genesis 49 where Judah is called the lion cub. Okay. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. The root of David talks about that foundation in the lineage of David. He's saying, this is the Messiah, and he uses it in the most emphatic language he can. He has conquered. He has finished conquering. He has done conquering. There is no more conquering that has to be done. So he's worthy. He can open up the scroll. So verse 6, he goes to look at the lion, but he doesn't see a lion. Look at that. And between the throne and the four living creatures among the elders, I saw a lamb. He said, behold, there's a lion that has conquered. He looks over there. He sees a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns. Seven horns representing perfect power, unconquered strength. Seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the world. And that represents the Holy Spirit and the knowledge that it has. And you know, Jesus is called the lamb here. Do you realize Jesus is called the lamb 28 times in the book of Revelation? He was the sacrifice who paid the price for our sins. He won the victory, okay? And, and in, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we realize this. So, so the point is this, we have someone that can open up God's will and show us God's will and lead us into heaven and everything reconciled to God. And it is Jesus. And this is the next point. I need Jesus, the only worthy mediator between God and me. That's what I need. I need the lion. I need the root of David. Most importantly, I need the lamb. The lamb is John the Baptist, a different John said, who takes away the sins of the world. I need the lamb. As first Peter says, for Christ also hath suffered once for sin, the just, the worthy one for the unjust, the unworthy, that he might bring us to God. I need the lamb in order to understand God's will. Because you see, on the cross, that's where the victory was won. Do you, want, do you want the forgiveness of God? That only comes through Jesus. Do you want heaven and eternal life? That only comes from Jesus. You want purpose for this life? You want to understand God's will? There's only one person, one person in all of creation, the creator, Jesus Christ, the one who's worthy to show you God's full will. You want to spend eternity in heaven rather than hell? There's only one who conquered death and hell in the grave. And we find that in Jesus. And he finished it. And then look what he did in verse 7. And he went. He went. The lamb went. The lion went. The root of David. He went and he took the scroll. He took God's will. From the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. Do you know where God's will is? It is in the hands of Jesus right now. You want to understand God's will? It is in the hands of Jesus right now. He has taken the scroll and that word is written in such a way that he's taken it and he's holding on to it. He's not letting go of it, okay? You want to know where to find God's will? Look to Jesus. He will show you God's will. And when he had taken the scroll, verse 8, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each 
holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, Christ the Lamb is now right there at the throne. And this is one of the greatest worship scenes ever recorded because now heaven is getting ready to worship Jesus. First time we're going to see this. And it says in verse 9, they sang a new song. You know, in the book of Revelation, it's so interesting that every time a new act of mercy is revealed, a new song is composed. Isn't that beautiful? Every time a new act of mercy is shown to us, then they start singing a new song, just telling about that, that, that new act of mercy. Listen to this new at this new song that tells about Jesus, the one who's worthy. He says, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. He is worthy. He is worthy in this new song. You know, we sing unto the Lord a new song for he's done marvelous things. What's that marvelous things he's done? He died for you. He paid the price for you. And now you can accomplish, you can be accomplished in God's will. You can realize God's will of being in heaven with Jesus forever. Eternal life. Yeah. That's what's happened. That's the will of God. That you spend eternity with him. Okay. And he's worthy to open that up the purchase of humanity. And you know what's interesting? Before this time, before living beings, they were singing one song. And then the 24 elders, they were singing another song. The four living beings are singing the song, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. They're singing to God. The 24 elders they're sing, are singing about God. The 24 elders are actually singing to God. They're redeemed humanity. They have a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God. They're singing, thou art worthy. And now they start singing this new song together. And the thing that unites the heavenly creation and earthly creation is the lamb. It's God. And the point is this. We receive salvation in new life in Jesus' name. That's how you receive salvation. That's how you understand. That's what unites us with heaven. It's the name of Jesus, okay? When I take that part of the scroll and I open the seals that are about me, my surrender, my obedience, most of all my salvation, it comes down to one thing. Am I willing to kneel down in the presence of Jesus and say, you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. You're worthy for me to give my full obedience to, for me to give my full surrender to. You are worthy, Lord. You know, when a person commits their life to Jesus, what they're saying is, Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. If you're here in this room and you've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior, you've never committed to him as the one who's worthy, I don't know what's keeping you. You should be doing that. You should do that today. I don't know what you would be waiting for. Are you waiting for the next catastrophe to unfold so you can go through that alone before you trust in Jesus Christ? Why not trust in him before that seal is opened up and you have to go through that very hard time. Why not trust in him right now when he can be the source of strength in that hard time that you don't know what's coming? You know, you just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I know you're alive. I know you died for my sins and you are worthy. I'm calling you Lord. I'm committing my life to you and I'm trusting in you for salvation. That's the new song. And you know what? You're invited to sing that song. You are worthy, O Lord. 
You are worthy to take the scroll of my life, the unfolding of my life, and I'm putting it in your hands. Actually, it's already in his hands. Just, okay. I'm just going to acknowledge that it's in his hands. Okay. So that's the song there. And then it goes on. He says there in verse 10. You've made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they'll reign on earth. This is the song. Here's what happens when we're saved. We don't immediately get transported up to heaven. Okay, beam me up, God. We don't do that. Okay, why do we exist as people on earth after we are saved? Well, we're, we're here to be servants of God, to be priests. There are other people that need to hear of salvation. And we are priests. We're, we're part of God's plan. And part of God's plan is not just that we get to heaven, but we're supposed to bring as many people with us. We're supposed to tell people about the love and the power of Jesus Christ. We're to be the hands and feet of the lamb to reconcile people in the power of God. And so the point is this. We want to connect others to salvation in Jesus' name. There are people all around us that need Jesus. Most of the people in this county are not saved. Most of them, over 100,000 people easily, do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They need Jesus. We have a generation that's coming up. We sent off two of our young leaders today, two that were working, one in the youth and one in the children, and we prayed over them. They're Generation Z, okay? Generation Z. That's, before gener that's after Generation Y, which is after Generation Millennial, which is after Generation X, which is after... The baby boomers, which is me, okay? The old goat generation, okay? Before the, and before that's the ancient of days generation. I don't know. There are generations that are coming up, and every generation needs the Lord. This next generation needs the Lord, because I want you to know, Satan is fighting for Generation Z. Pornography is fighting for Generation Z. Depression is fighting for Generation Z. Anxiety is fighting for Generation Z. Church, we need to be fighting for Generation Z. Because we are a kingdom of priests in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who's worthy to open up the scrolls of all history. We need to be fighting for this next generation. We are a kingdom of priests. And, and in the will of God, in the power of Jesus Christ, we're called to be priests and we need to take up that mantle. That is God's will for you and me. So connect someone, connect someone to salvation in Jesus name. And then here it is. This is getting even better now. Verse 11. See, they, they were now the heavenly beings and the redeemed humanity. They've joined into one song. Now it gets even better. Verse 11. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. So it's not just the four living creatures and not just the 24 elders. Now the angels suddenly appear on the scene and they're singing too. It reminds me of a flash mob in heaven. You ever heard of that, you know? Where people just start singing. Well, that's what John's singing. It's a flash mob in heaven. The elders, are the, the living bees are singing. The 24. Now here, here come the angels and they're joining in. Okay. And they're united in that song of the land. The choir's getting bigger. And they're saying in verse 12 with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Are you picturing this? 
This is powerful. And guess what? It's not even over. Look at verse 13. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Everything in all creation starts singing. This is, this is what's going to be happening at the end of Revelation. It's happening here in verse 5, chapter 5. This is, a, this is the prophetic promise being, being fulfilled in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, where it says, Therefore God's highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is, this is it's happening here. We're seeing a picture of it. When it's going to be happening there, every creature they're going to be singing. And here's what they're singing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the creatures around the throne say what? Amen. Amen. That's a song. You know what? Every creature of heaven and earth and under the earth, you know who that includes? So I just want to say to you, it's time to join the song. Worthy are you, O Lord. One of the ways we, we join the song is we acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. One of the ways we join the song is we commit to him in obedience and, and, and serving in the way he calls us to serve. By, by being part of his body here on earth, we're saying, you are worthy, O Lord, for me to be engaged in what you're doing. And so we need to pray that we would join the song. Are you ready to join the song? Let's join the song. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. There are many people here, even in this room, that need to understand your will. And Lord, we can only understand it in your name, Lord. And Lord, help us to understand your will and help us to join that song of heaven that's singing you are worthy. Lord, there are people here that need forgiveness. They need forgiveness from you. They need forgiveness from others. And Lord, I pray that if someone is needing forgiveness, Lord, that they get things right, but then they'd also join that song. Lord, we have people here that are, that are anxious, Lord, and, and they're struggling, Lord, and they need, they need your peace and your calm. And Lord, we only know that through you. Lord, open up your will so that we could follow your will and join you in your work because, Lord, you are worthy. And all God's people said, amen. amen. We're coming to a time of response. And I don't know what step you have to take, but if it's to be a church member, why don't you come forward during this song and join the song? Why don't you, why don't you come in? If you need, if you need to uh, take a step of leadership, you need to be baptized. If you just need prayer, the altar's open, you can come. But whatever you do, take a step and join that song. And that song is that Jesus Christ, he is our Lord. He is our lamb. He's the root of David in our lives. And he is what? He is worthy. He is worthy to be praised. Would you stand with me? God's calling you, you come, and he is worthy.
People of God, receive your blessing from the word of God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And your challenge is to go out and be a messenger of hope to a desperate world. And all God's people who committed to doing so said, Amen, amen and amen. amen.